Blog Talk Radio. Who are 
they, they, they're elusive. You have guys, you know, you have certain styles with guys and, you know, certain aspects. Some guys can, uh, you know, combine, you know, certain of these aspects. Dylan White is not a not a guy like that. He, he schooled the boxing enough to, you know, see punches coming in to avoid, you know, certain punches, but he's not going to avoid punches to land his punches. He has faith in his fist. And mm-hmm. with a heavyweight who has faith in their fist, they're dangerous. Simple sure. as that. They they they, they might they, they might get knocked out every now mm-hmm. and again. I mean, same as Derek Tesora. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys right. when you have right. faith in your fist then then I mean you're gonna bring it. Um, last time it didn't work out for him. It was this one little technical thing that Pavekin did right and Dylan did wrong at that specific time. And when you're dealing with timing in the fight, it's really hard to catch those specific times to where that guy's going to have his arm out and you're going to actually slip it and get that good enough shot on him like Kovacin did. Um, with that said, Dylan in the first fight was smashing Kovacin. And that, you know, I kind of expected it to go that way this time. Um, yeah, that, but that's my assessment. You know, he had a 20-pound uh, difference uh, at weight, and I was kind of wondering if, uh, you know, he was getting pretty close to the top. I was wondering if he was going to make it, but uh, well, well, you know. well, well, I don't think I don't think I don't think that would have mattered, to be yeah. honest, in in the fight. But I'm I'm pretty sure Ty could talk about that weight difference uh, on a different level. Yeah, well, he well, certainly dropped. It was a brutal fight. As, as, as far as the weight difference, Dylan actually came in five pounds lighter, um, and mm-hmm. Beckin came in a little heavier. So they were right, you know, they were they were right at their career weights. Um, but what happened was, you know, Dylan essentially fought just an aggressive fight, but he just fought it a little bit more from distance. But it was it was a repeat of the first fight without the uh, unfortunate sequence of events for uh, Dylan White. Mm-hmm. Went out there and. He really put it on Pavetkin. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it was yeah. uh yeah, especially that that fourth round. I mean, they both were throwing haymakers. But, uh, yeah, it looked like but White only, was just but only, landing. Only, only one was landing the haymakers. though. So <laughs> that was the problem. They both were throwing, but only <laughs> yeah. one was landing. And you know, yeah. the other thing is, I I don't know if you, you, you were able to see the fight, uh, Butch, but in the yeah. very like literally within the first thirty seconds, Jillian uh, White threw a right. And it grazed Pavetkin mm-hmm. at the top of, you know, on the top of his head. But Pavetkin's right. legs were were really shot early on, and mm-hmm. you know he really did not look like the same guy. And it made me wonder if it was, the, you know, the effects of the COVID. That was the the big question oh, I had regarding him going in, um, because he sure. he had a pretty severe case of it. And you know, mm-hmm. but outside of that, it looks just like the first fight. Like he, Dylan White, is a bad matchup for him. Dylan White has liability mm-hmm. because that kid is capable at times of taking advantage of like he did in that one fight. But overall, mm-hmm. Dylan matchup, Dylan White is just a very bad matchup for Pavetkin. Great. Dylan White Great. has uh, – is always going to have just uh, against like a Dylan White, even a kind of guy and uh, like a Luis Ortiz kind of guy. Those kind of guys, he only has a puncher's chance. And I mean, at this at, at this stage in his career, and with Dylan White, he caught the puncher's chance that one time. He he's not going to catch that lightning in the bottle twice. He's really really lucky that he survived the first fight. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Something that Dylan bottle. White did too. Something that he did, which was kind of a subtle, very subtle adjustment, is is that mm-hmm. he clinched a little bit more, but he didn't clinch all the time. Pavetkin got close. Sometimes yeah. he would clinch. And sometimes he wouldn't in this fight, and I thought that was pretty smart because Pavetkin didn't always know if the if the shots were going to be there or or if White was going to. So what would happen is sometimes White would clinch, sometimes he would cover, fire, and return. Um, and then what he would do because White is something I, I do really appreciate about Dylan White is he's a very physical fighter. Once he starts clinching, he just doesn't clinch to tie you up and to nullify your offense. What he'll do is clinch and punch and spin and push you back. And when he started doing that, he was 
outside of the clean shots he was landing, he was really rough and provoking up tonight. Really rough. And, and not only not, not only that, I mean, you brought a very good point up. Think about heavyweights right right now who are good inside fighters. Yeah. Luis Ortiz is, is, is on his way out. I mean, he he's probably and, and in, you know in my and estimation. But think about inside fighters. Luis Ortiz has shown cuteness on the inside, but he's not, you know, like he's Dylan. The two best As inside Dylan. fighters were the guys fighting tonight, quite possibly in the mm-hmm. heavyweight division. The two best inside fighters, guys who both dig to the body. That's the other thing. Yeah, too. Dylan White was stabbing yeah. him tonight from the body with the long oh, right. Yeah. you know what I mean. And that's what Dylan so, White does. So what he wasn't doing is Dylan White also throws a great left hook to the body. He wasn't using the left hook as much to the body. He was using mm-hmm. the long right. With that said, Dylan White was throwing his right and leaving it down. I was like, man, he's so open for a Pavekin left hook. But Pavekin was never to take advantage of that, that liability. And that's, that's how that fight goes, get guys, nine mm-hmm. out of ten times, is that Dylan mm-hmm. White is physically just a little much for Pavekin at this stage. But mm-hmm. he will always have certain liabilities that Pavekin at certain times may be able to take advantage of. But if he can't mm-hmm. get those, take advantage of those liabilities, like Pavekin's always going to be losing that fight until he may catch him. That's about it, though. Mm-hmm. And he got beat up before he catch anything. Got beat up before yeah. he catch anything. Yeah. So, good fight, though. Very entertaining. Yeah, was. yeah. Well, Bob, here we go. We'll give you a, yes, you have a choice. No. You can either talk yes, about your very favorite, <laughs> that's your very favorite lady, or you can talk about the very big fight tonight. Which one do you start with? Let's go, ladies Bob. First. Ladies first. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, I'm not. Uh-huh. I'm not a chauvinist. You know. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, Misha right. Tate has uh, uh, announced her comeback. Uh, she took some time off. Um, um, had Five a couple years. of children. Five yeah. years. Two kids. <laughs> uh, former uh, former champ. She's only 34 years old, though, so she's right in it still. Yeah. Um, she had the 135 pound channel uh, 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 champ there for a while. Uh, lost that nasty arm bar to Ronda Rousey again back in the day where everyone was trying to beat Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey style. I think Misha had a, had a chance, but she went about it the wrong way. Um, she had a couple of upsetting losses. I think lost, yeah, uh, lost to um, I think Holly Holm and stuff as well. But she's made her announcement coming back. Um, she's gonna. Uh, they don't have a, a date or a time, but it'll most likely be a UFC fight night um, against uh, Marion Renau, who who just announced that will be her last fight uh, at 43. Yeah. So they announced um, today that it's going to be the uh, July 17th. Oh, the 17th. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. okay. So, yep, uh, finger looking good. Uh, sorry, was that chauvinistic? Uh, but looking forward <laughs> maybe, to that. Just, uh, just, just a tad, maybe. I was thinking KFC for whatever reason, you know. So, uh, I, yeah, I, sorry, I can't, I can't stay up on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> never know who I'm, who I'm getting at. So anyway, but yeah, so Misha Tate, one of my favorites. She uh, uh, roots out of Washington State. A uh, little bit of history. She was. Uh, I uh, believe the, uh, uh, what do you call him, the wrestling scorekeeper at my uh, younger brother's high school, Franklin Pierce High School in Washington State. Awesome. So, yeah, nice. yeah. So good stuff. Yeah, all nice. behind her, man. Good for her. Uh, always been a big fan of hers. All right. Now we got a guy who, who uh, has so much um, faith in himself and his abilities that he actually uh, had spent his last day on his, uh, his job to be able to uh, – uh, go into the ring and, and uh, be a full-time fighter. Uh, you want to explain that one? Yeah, and, 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 and much less, I mean, like firemen don't really work all that hard anyway, so why would you want to retire from that? Sorry, had to dig that and for my there go buddies. the firemen. <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> go the firemen. You know, it's, it's like uh, when I you know, open my gym in Colorado, I get a kid in there, and he's like, you know, I had no idea he was a volunteer fireman, but he's like, man, I can't wait to fight a cop. I'm like, dude, wrong gym, wrong gym, right? You know? <laughs> And, but apparently there's this huge rivalry between cops and fire departments, so I got to pick sides from time to time and, and nudge on one. But anyway, yeah, so Steve Miocic, our current number one heavyweight champion, uh, 
deciding he's going to retire from being a fireman. I hope he got his 20 in and uh, has a nice uh, package with his retirement. But uh, feeling real good about uh, things and wants to go full time and concentrate on feels real good about his uh, win over Nagano. Uh, so that'll be a big one tonight. Um, big card tonight. They had to swap around a lot of things tonight. Um, due to yeah, COVID, supposed to be a, a, a Volkanovski was supposed to be defending the title against Brian Ortega, and that got scrapped because of COVID. And then another uh, main card fight got scrapped because of COVID. I, I forget which one that was. Yeah, uh, they're they're rescheduling those. But what was cool is it was a pretty stacked card. So we still have Tyron Woodley against Vincent Luque in the, the co-main event, and right. I think I think Woodley's going to lose and subsequently be cut. At 38 years old, having lost four fights in a row, um, so it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting card. Very interesting card. Um, right now, I think Nagano's listed as a slight favorite over Steve Bay. I favor Steve Bay to go ahead, rinse, repeat, and to survive and, and win again, and to actually finish the fight a little early. I think Steve Bay is going to win, but Nagano's a slight favorite. Right now, the big thing hanging in the air with this fight is once this is settled tonight, chances are whoever's standing with the belt, their next fight will be against John Jones' first heavyweight mm-hmm. debut. Right. So a uh, lot riding on this fight. A lot riding on this fight tonight. And, and I'm gonna tell you something. I think I think that um I, I gave my assessment on the fight last week. Uh, as far as that goes, I really think that Derek Lewis is trying to get himself into into that uh, mix. Because Curtis Blaze was looking like he, he was coming up and, and going to be that, you know what I mean, coming back up. You know, to Curtis Blaze himself. up to that point had only lost to Francis exactly. Ngannou. Exactly. Two knockouts to Ngannou. Well, one was a cut exactly. to the stoppage. Exactly. So Francis Blaze, so Curtis Blaze was looking like he was going to be that guy to be kind of coming up in contention. Derek Lewis is beginning to show that him with a little bit of shape is kind of dangerous. It's right. kind of dangerous. I mean, he has those back issues too. He had those back yeah. issues, and but you know, saying, against, you know even in training. Curtis Blaze, that, with Curtis Blades' fight, he said that was the first time he had been 100 percent healthy. He said, he, and and he had been ta- already exactly. taking his condition seriously. You know. Derek Lewis is exactly. known as a, you know, this brawling power puncher, but I'm going to tell you something about Derek Lewis. His fight yeah. IQ is actually off the charts. Off the guy charts. fights within himself. His fight IQ is brilliant. The reason why he fights the way he does is because he doesn't put himself in danger. He doesn't give you the fight. You've got to take it from him. He's a really smart fighter. That's how he, yeah. that's how he killed Curtis Blade. Not not only that, I mean, if you see it, he's a highly reactive guy. He's he's quick-handed, oh, yeah. and I mean, he's quick-footed because you see him throw a kick when he's out of shape, and it still comes off a little quick, but a little more in shape. The guy, like his kicks, come off quick for a heavyweight. Not only so that, his body his body hides the fact that he's actually like a fast twitch muscle athlete yeah, guy. Yeah, he just doesn't he's have that a, build. And we've seen that when when Curtis Blaze went down and he missed with those one and a half uppercuts. (laughs) But in in the first exchange that they had, Curtis Blaze came a little wide and wild. And you've seen that Lewis's technique was sharper. And every exchange they had, you see Curtis Blaze backing off like, whoa. (laughs) And I got getting caught by this guy, you know, and – Derek Lewis, him, I mean, I have a little faith in him with heavyweight. It's just that against the top guys, his, his, his conditioning, that, that I mean, five rounds is something when you're a heavyweight. Five rounds, I mean, Bob can, Bob well, you know can what, attest the, to that. The one thing about Derek Lewis, though, is he has shown he can go five rounds. He is, like, he has gone long fights. In fact, he, he has typically gotten his knockouts towards the end of the fight. Um, because what Derek, you know who Derek Lewis is like, Zito? He's like, yeah, that's the whole Derek thing. Lewis doesn't yeah, have the best conditioning, but exactly. he fights within himself. He fights. He's always really relaxed. And, he's tough. You know, he, 
Derek Lewis is one of those guys who could beat anybody on any given day. However, he has liabilities in his game, kind of like a, a, a guy we were talking about, Dylan White. He has those liabilities in his game that the elite guys are going to take advantage of. But at the same time, Curtis Blade show you an elite guy can't make a mistake against him. I, 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 I picked Derek Lewis to beat Curtis Blades, and that was did, because – and that was because Curtis Blaze, all the explosion, one thing Curtis Blaze I didn't think he could do was finish Derrick Lewis. And if Derrick Lewis is going to lose rounds, he'll be on his back, you know, just yep. taking it easy. That's Derrick Lewis's MO to a certain extent. But off of doing that, he'll do that for four rounds or, or, three, or two and a half rounds. When Derrick Lewis will get up, he'll knock you out at the end of the fight. Before the bell goes Alexander off, Alexander Volkov, former Bellator heavyweight <laughs> champion. That's Alexander Volkov. Boy, oh Derek boy. Lewis, that's where his conditioning is. His conditioning is in his calmness and in his toughness. He's yep. calm enough yep. to go ahead and lose some rounds, but to know that, listen, I'm going to gain my conditioning, so when I need to explode for this, and this guy might not have it, I could catch him. So, yeah, his IQ, I agree, his IQ is off the charts. Um, with Stipe, uh, if you don't mind me, just hear me chiming in. With Stipe and, oh, my God, Nagano, as I said, Nagano, I mean, Stipe has to worry about things early. He really has to worry about Nagano early. And that's just because, as I said, Stipe is... As as he moves up levels and as he's been as he's been the champion, he's not the fastest starter. And Nagano kinda is. So Nagano's last four fights have lasted less than two minutes and forty seconds, I think. Like two so minutes kinda, and forty six yeah. seconds. Nagano kinda is and Stipe has not you know, he his fights has lasted a little longer because he's been doing that. One thing is this though, and here's the problem. Stipe is more schooled, and he's seen a guy And when yep. you have seen explosion before, you, you know you how to deal with better. it a little better. You yep. know how to deal with it better. And it's not like Stipe was unsuccessful when he seen the guy the first time. I I predict a lot more wrestling from Stipe, and and I, I, I kind of was watching their fights. And it was a hell of a lot of wrestling Stipe. last time from Stipe. <laughs> oh no, I see, I see this big Stipe, uh, you know, trying to get Nagano not necessarily on the cage, just as much trying to shoot take down a little bit. Because one thing Nagano, Nagano's top heavy. He's top hard, not top heavy. Yes. He's top hard, meaning he's going to punch you up top hard. His legs or and yeah. going to the body. He's open. He's, he's not, open for a reactive double leg takedown. He, he, because exactly, of the and he's not to rush in straight. Yeah. And he's not going to go hard to your legs. He's not going to throw knees to, to to stop your takedowns like that. He's not. He's come forward, you know, punching God and guys like now, that. With that said, no oh God. That said, he get traded with Eric. He <laughs> traded with Eric Sick. At down at a uh, the train down at Extreme Couture, and oh, you know for two years oh. you know what they've been working. You know what they've been working on since that loss to to mm. to, uh, to to this guy, and they said he has drastically improved his wrestling. What you got to remember, mm-hmm. I think this is Nagano's seventh year in the sport. Nagano's only been in the sport for seven years. Bob can he? tell you better than anybody when a guy is that new to the sport. They can grow exponentially between fights because you're they're hoping. still kind of a blank canvas. You're, you're, you're hoping for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, with that said, now remember, I still predict Steve to win, but I wouldn't. I, by no means, first of all, can you discount a power puncher like Nagano, and by no means mm-hmm. should we no. assume that he hasn't improved on the, the, the issues that made him lose the fight. The, the, the reason why I think Steve still wins. Is because even if he has yeah. improved, I don't think he's improved enough to close the gap. He's a very smart fighter. So, yeah, Nagano is not going to be able to wrestle better than Stipe. No, simple as that. So, so when when they get when they get skin to skin, Nagano is not going to be better than Stipe. The size wise, you know. Stipe is Nagano is, is is the striker, right? He's the big puncher. But people forget mm-hmm. Stipe is the Golden Glove boxer. 
if you remember, the reason why Stipe survived besides having a solid chin when he could see the shot coming was head movement. He was able to avoid a lot of the And jab. And the jab. And jab. That's part of the reason why Nakanu got tired, because he was swinging and hitting the air. Nakanu, if you looked at the punch back, Nakanu's first, he landed most of his punches in those first two minutes. So, honestly, if you you look at the fight on paper, Stipe is the better striker, the better, he's he's better in every Mm -hmm. area. It's just that Nakanu is, Nakanu's better in two areas that are very important. He takes a shot Early. better and he gives a shot better. Simple yeah, as that. Yeah, he's got the big kaboom. He's got the big kaboom. Yep. Like we were talking last week. You know, I, I, yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. We were talking it was time for some heavyweights. We got it going. We got number one versus number two. Uh, you know, the, it, just like Ty said, the longer it goes, it favors Stipe. Uh, Stipe uh, in the beginning, Nagano, you know, uh, Stipe is a better counterpuncher, better head movement, better on paper. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if you've got that knockout power of Nagano. Now Nagano, That's I'm going so out to California. Absolutely. He's got the Absolutely. He, he's got the, the the California, you know, uh, body type. You know, you always stick on leg day, right? So you know, you're yeah. not gonna, yeah. uh, you know, you you got to have those legs. You know, watching the fight right now, these guys are barely holding on, man. These guys look like they're drunk, but uh, uh, you know, but they got, <laughs> but honestly, they're just giving up. The one guy just kind of put his hands down on the ground. The other guy just kind of pushed him over. I mean, they're so tired. They are you that know, tired, trade. you're saying. Yeah, oh, that exhausted. tired. They're just, yeah, you know, backwards, backward hands and stuff. And But uh, mm. uh, but they got their legs underneath them, you know what I mean? That's the thing. And CP's got the legs. He's got the better ground. And, you know, and if he yeah. can get anywhere, yeah. uh, the distance closing that gap, like, like, like Z said, you know, he's got to get in there. Um, if, if he gets caught by Nagano, it's a whole new story. Uh, but if he can mm-hmm. get in there and lay on the – push on him and, and, and get that, you know, wear him out to second, third, fourth round, uh, weighing on him in the cage, pushing on him, that kind of stuff. He's got yeah. a way better chance, you know, so, but he's got that heavy hitting power. We were talking about Oliver Heavyweight, mm-hmm. you know, you still got Rosenstruck down there at number six that could do some yeah. stuff, you know, coming forward. So again, big division, mm-hmm. lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I want to jump back. Uh, Ty mentioned Woodley, you know, Woodley's really thinking. So our co-main event, uh, he, Woodley, I, I again, 100% agree with Ty. Uh, Woodley's holding on a little bit longer. He thinks he's mm-hmm. something fear. He's depressed yep. about his, you know, his his loss to Covington. Well, Covington was a mm-hmm. better man. You know what I mean? And, by far. And when you, by far. You know? And, and granted, you know, every, everyone has a, you know, sometimes you have a good day, sometimes you have a bad day, but at some point you're out the pasture. I mean, Woodley – God, still looks like a Greek god. You know what I mean? He's phenomenal yeah, shape. He's great. Yeah. fantastic man. Yeah. You know, individual. But uh, you know, you gotta you gotta hang it up. You know. Uh, yeah. So I mean, well, so we'll not only has he lost his last. Now, now, mind you, he lost to Usman, Gilbert Burns, and and Kobe Covington, right? So you'd be hard right. pressed to find any welterweight that's going to beat all three of those guys. But not sure. only has he lost all three of those fights. He's lost all 15 of those rounds and looked basically clueless yeah. and gunshot yep. and non-reactive. Yeah. Over he he looks like a fighter who's passed his pride, who's done. He's really, really. Yeah, he's really got to put on a show tonight, man. He's, he's really got to come right. to the table. And, and no, Bob, I don't Bob think you, you, mean, say, you say that, and Bob, you say that uh, Willie, I mean, don't, don't worry about Willie having to do anything. Dana's got it. Dana's yeah. got it. Well, if Woodley, I, Dana in my opinion, man, if Woodley loses this fight, Dana dangling he, he that would carrot. absolutely get cut. Woodley would absolutely Dana get cut if he loses Son. this fight. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Fight or die. Dana got him. Fight or die. Dana got him. If he would let go, if he would let Junior Dos Santos go after him. Now, Junior Dos Santos had lost like three or four in a row. That went the same yeah, thing yeah. with Woodley. Overeem had name. just lost one, the one fight. He was Born. kind of a bigger yeah. name. If he'll let those mm-hmm. guys go, you know what I mean? In, in a thin heavyweight division, and Woodley's in a competitive middleweight or uh, welterweight Pack. division, Woodley's gone if he loses this. He, he's yeah. absolutely gone if he loses this. To be honest, I, I'm surprised he made it past the Covington fight. You know what I mean? Like, I what's he like, on? No, yeah. no. He, I, I, yeah. Now, he's going to get one more chance. He was going to oh, get yeah. one more chance because, because of the, the level of competition. Level of competition. And his name. Vincent Luque is on a come-up. He's dollars off of this. Well, well, you know, he's former champion. Vincent Luque is on a come-up. However, mm-hmm. he's ranked number 10. This is, this is, this is that fight for Tyron Wood. This is that mm-hmm. fight. Fighters die. It's not the block fight. 
Chopping block. He's actually fight, getting yeah. a chance. He's getting a chance. Two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> Thunderdome. This is Thunderdome, baby. Yeah, so good card tonight. I mean, last week, too. Yeah. I mean, last week, uh, you know, we've got, oh, tonight, too. Let's uh, not forget Sean O'Malley. I mean, he's always colorful. Oh, uh, yeah. Coming off the yeah. door. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he came off that lot. He did something to his leg. I don't have the official report on that, but I know when I was watching the fight, he rolled an ankle or a yeah, knee. The peri- yeah, uh, that, it was that perennial nerve thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And he yeah. went down. And, and then ended up really got dead legs and stepped down and yeah. Yeah. got his face smashed in. Yeah. And if, and if any of our fight fans, listeners, that don't know what a dead leg is. I mean, kickboxers can give it to you. You you hit that nerve uh, with your shin just right. Um, it's just immediately like paralysis to your to your limb. I mean, you're you're. I mean, you can't put weight on it. You don't even know if you are putting weight on it. Um, yeah, and so you can't really stand up like that. And a really good kick will do it. Uh, or if you hit or check a kick the wrong way, um, that can get it. But if it hits that nerve, yeah, dead leg is uh, yeah. that's an issue. Thank God I bought. So, uh, yeah, right. so, so you, uh, O'Malley considers himself. Uh, he said he's mentally undefeated, um, and see, you know Almeida has the kind of style where he's a leg. You know, he's he's a violent, beautiful offensive fighter, except uh, that he's been knocked out in three of his last four fights because he yeah. his style is he doesn't really have the durability at this point. He he was looking like that guy who was a future champion, and then he. Cody Garbrandt starched him, and then he's kind of mm. got starched a few times since then. And I kind of expect Sean O'Malley to starch him too, just kind of like yeah. that at this point. But yet, he's still only 28, 29 years old, so you never know. You never know. Right. Uh, and then he looks like early, he's on his way down. And, yeah. Yeah. Earlier prelims, we got that uh, Abukar, uh, I cannot, the Russian guy, Nurmagomedov. I mean, he's relative of, of Khabib. I mean, he's up in. Up and comers, man. He's going to put on a show. He's doing. He's going against Jared Gooden, seventeen five and zero. So that'll that'll be a good fight. We're right into the early prelims right now. So I want to shoot a shout out to that who just fought that Mark Andre Barial against Abu Azatar. Uh, Mark uh, Barial ended up with the win, but they look so tired. So you know, uh, I mean, it was it was it was phenomenal. Uh, not a whole lot of strikes, but just watching these two guys with their, their they look like they're uh, sea legs. You know, they, they went out uh, sailing with me for the first time and couldn't hold their, their chin. <laughs> <laughs> with, um, uh, I, I got a question for you, uh, Ty. I know Arsalani Alara is a, uh, one of your uh, guys that you watch. Uh, he's got a fight coming up uh, May 1st. Uh, uh, yeah. With uh, who's it? Uh, Thomas Cores uh, Lake Lamana. Cores oh, Lake yeah. Lamana at Cor- 160. You? Yeah, Zito, I meant to tell you that he's fighting his next fight at 160. Uh, and he's fighting Cores Lake Lamana, and somehow it's for some kind of <laughs> vacant interim junior yep. WB something, IBO something kind of belt. But I love yeah, Cores so His 160. Pe- <laughs> he's my so Pound debut, uh, um, one sixty pound debut in this fight. So, you know, for what yeah, we have. Uh, we're going to be off next week, but uh, in two weeks we have uh, Cornflake coming on, and with his former manager, uh, as you know, he and his his parents uh, broke off from uh, from Russell Peltz, and they're doing their own stuff now. Ninety nine percent of his fights yeah. are coming out of Mexico. Yeah, when I when I read him, I uh, was fighting Cornflake. I was so tickled by that. I was like, Cornflake has a shot. <laughs> you know, you know when you see one of your guys, you know, somebody that that you know has been working hard. You know, it's just it's yeah. just a great opportunity for him. So, yeah, he's um, from right there in uh, Vine yeah. too. I just yeah, love it. Like from my hometown, you know. <laughs> That's awesome, hey, man. That is awesome. Uh, JD keeps uh, screaming that he that he thinks he's being held back, that he's not getting fights. And then uh, Dana turns around and says he's in the best position that he possibly get, could be. All right. Is, Again, is we talked the, about how, yeah, how squirrely this division is and what it is. You know, I'm on Gagey's side, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, um, yep. you know, Dana's throwing it out there because, you know, oh, you know, 
I don't know, like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's money. And, again, that, that Cena's mm-hmm. prime objective is money. So, yeah. taking that division, um, you know, he, he passing over, um, you know, Gage, he got beat by Khabib. Khabib was on top. Um, so, Khabib, you know, finally admi- or, uh, agrees to retire. So that opens mm-hmm. up that whole division. No one's on top. So they passed over to Dustin Poirier, Justin Gagey, you know, top one and two, because Poirier's going after a money grab. It ranks Conor McGregor number six, you know, or, or right, you know, yeah. six-seated Conor McGregor. It's a money grab. Conor's going to bring in more money, and Dana's going to – okay, so just like Ty said earlier with tonight's fight, CP versus Nagano, the big thing, because out of nowhere, not even on the top ten, is going to come John Jones for a title shot. Yep. Right, because sure. it's a money grab, you know, and sure. and and so again, Poirier is going to take the money grab against McGregor, so that takes him out at uh, seated number one. So Gagey seated number two. They're going to pass over him and put uh, Oliveira versus Chandler for the title. Okay. Yeah. Well, now Dana's thing is yeah. well, you know that that puts uh, Gagey the better fighter at a good advantage because uh, he's thinking again more money. So Gagey will have the bigger fight. He's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So again, depending on what happens between Poirier and and McGregor, let's say McGregor wins the the best two out of three, then that that gives Gagey a money shot at McGregor, you know, or if if Chandler Ferguson, you know, he gets a, it's a title shot against one of those guys. So that's why he's thinking he's in a a good position because he can negotiate uh, you know that the, the money grab there, but again, that division's packed full of talent, so everyone's yeah. going after the the, oh. the the Conor McGregor money that they can while that dude's still in. But then you know, and then you got Dana, who kind of as a backwards co- uh, compliment, or you know, what I mean, you got to watch him. You know, he's like, well, Gagey, if you want to stay active, you know, you could go against uh, uh, Islam Makachev. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. That's a that's a number eleven ranked guy. Let him work his way up. A very he's going dangerous. To a number eleven a ranked guy very, that ATT calls champ. <laughs> so, he will. Yeah, he will no. be champ at some point. So you don't want to go backwards and do that. You want to money grab as much as you can in that top three uh, seated position. Uh, even letting Conor McGregor get in there because when Islam gets up there, everyone's going to be hurting. Okay, these guys he's are coming up. with Justin. It, it, too, the problem with Justin is he's coming off a loss. I mean, it was a loss to Khabib, but nonetheless, he's coming off a loss. And it's always hard to justify a guy getting a title shot coming off right. a loss. Um, however, the reason why Dana White thinks he's in such a good position is because you can kind of wait out now. You know what I mean? But here's what happens, though. If Justin goes ahead and knocks out McGregor, Chances are he's Justin can fight for the title whenever he wants, as long as he beats right. McGregor. Right. And so if Dustin beats McGregor, he would really supersede Justin against the winner of Chucky Olives and Michael Chandler. So sure. Justin Gacy, even though Dana White, you're so right. Dana White said he's in a good position. What Dana White means is you're in a good position for me right now. Yeah, yeah, That's what Dana yeah. White really means. You're yeah, like you're, you're so my right. little pony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I'm listening to uh, college football to a certain extent because, well, no, professional football. You have a quarterback who is the star of the team and can do whatever the hell he wants because he sells tickets. Doesn't matter if he's moving the team or not. Conor McGregor is that quarterback who's popular. He sells tickets. Um, And right now you have better people in position. But since he sells tickets, it seems that he's all, he's getting in starting position. So well, think about this too. Think about this: if Conor yeah, comes that's, back that's... and wins the fight, well, then in a sense, all hell breaks loose because well, he then earned, he, he earned a little bit of a spot. Yeah, he he earned, earned a spot. spot and yeah. you know, when, once he once he's earned a spot, he starts to control us. He starts to command things. And so it becomes a different game if he if he wins that fight. It really does. Yeah, but that's always got shied me away, you know. And though I was a UFC fighter, you know, Dana's got monopoly. He's got that control, so he can puppeteer yeah. everybody. 
you know, versus Ooh. boxing, you know, you get a, a top rank one or two over in this division going against top rank one or two. Like, you know, they, there, there's no disputing those rankings. Those are the next guys that are up. You know, Dana, he'll pop back John Jones out of, oh, John Jones to go up to heavyweight, so I'm just going to put him in the pocket, make a little money there, and I'll pull him out when I, you know, I got my ace up my sleeve. I got Dustin Poirier up my sleeve. You know, I can use these guys when yeah, I need to. I- like, what's funny is the UFC rankings, if, if you actually go and, and, and read the rankings, they make no sense. In fact, Martin Vittori, who's about to fight Derek Hill, did not understand how Derek Brunson, who was ranked, ranked like number seven, fight Kevin Holland, who's ranked 11, wins and moves up to four. What the hell? And Martin Vittori beat the guy who was fourth and, and stays at number six. Like, it may, like, the rankings kind of make no sense. And then we all know that the rankings make no sense if you bring butts to the bucket, like Conor McGregor does. That changes everything. So It, it, really it makes not, absolute it, sense. The rankings make absolute sense when it comes to the money. Right. When it comes you know, to it, 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 it really comes down to, Yeah, but, like, no, they don't make sense. Not even with money because Martin Vittori is not a big money guy. And either is Derek Brunson, but yet somehow Derek Brunson, number seven, beats number eleven, moves above number six to number four when number six beats number four. That's just ridiculous. That that that's, that's ridiculous. So, well, right, but again, his mind of the controller. His mind of the controller. He can do whatever. Uh, in the mind of the exactly in the mind of the controller, they do what they want, and yeah, they, they make sense. And that's the problem with the controller. That's, and that's kind of why, you know, I'm, I, I like that the UFC is always going to be the the, the premier organization mm-hmm. because they get the best talent, right? But because mm-hmm. they're getting a lot of up-and-coming talent, there's this change in the guard. So you get names in other organizations. So you get people that are watching Bellator. You'll watch Bellator and watch exactly. Anthony Rumble Johnson fight Yoel Romero. Well, if Bellator is oh, smart, they're, they're trying to bring up the Aaron Picos and, the, you know, Pat. Uh, Pitbull Friere, they they want to you know start really highlighting their homegrown talent so they can get eyes on them and kind of break up this monopoly a little bit. So hopefully this is you know things are happening for the better. But right now it's, it's right, it's kind of Dana's world. He's done a great job, but at the same time you know there are things we see right. And it's crazy because uh, UFC was picking talent off Bellator like crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that, well, Michael that, Taylor, that the guy who's about to yeah. fight for the title, is from Bellator. And he has a And he's yeah. fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so here, I don't know if I told you guys, uh, Ty, so the little, you know how heavyweight Frank Mir would always just pop in there for a freaking uh, huh. uh, heavyweight title shot and stuff like that. So not a big <laughs> money draw, but his dad was head of security for the Fiquito brothers. So he was always real tight. With the uh, with the group anyway, oh, so he was like, oh, oh damn, there. I never knew yeah, that. Yeah, okay, yeah, damn. so so right there never in Vegas. That. But then, um, but again, Dana's good at the money, man. I mean, he's got, he really, uh, I mean, you know, I, I can't take that from him. And the new news on that is UFC 261, uh, Jacksonville Arena. Uh, they sold it out. They're getting a crowd. So mm. uh, I heard something about that today. So bringing the crowd back. So that'll be phenomenal. My only problem with Dana, and it's, it's, it's always, is his treatment and payment of the fighters. That is it. Treatment, like, I, I don't care that he talks a lot of shit, but you talk shit on your on your, on your fighters, or, and they're your product. Exactly. You know I mean? So I, just don't I don't care like the way, the way he, said, he said about five. Yeah, man. I don't care for the way he verbally sometimes treats the fighters, and you know, I have an issue, obviously, with fighter pay. Those guys should be making more money. Outside yeah. of that, the guy, is, I mean, he's done a brilliant job. Yeah, yeah, he can't take any matchmaking is pretty damn good. I, one thing about I'm gonna say about Dana is I have Dana I don't, does it. Don't, 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 don't get it twisted. Dana, he, he like the big money fights. Yeah, he has his hand in, but the UFC, like Joel Silva, everybody hated him, but he was like he's a great matchmaker. He They've always had smart matchmakers. That's, yeah, that's that's I give Dana. Yeah, I love the matchmaking. You know, so they they like they are light years ahead of what the fuck boxing doing. Right now. Well, yeah, because Joe again, Joe, I, I had a but, chance to meet him way back. The, 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 the monopoly. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like, that's part of having the monopoly. You can make everybody. They're fight. light years ahead of boxing, unless you say, "Well, you know what? Boxing's boxing's all comes up because PBC only fights PBC, and top rank only fights top rank." Well, the UFC is doing the same thing. It's just that it's more of a monopoly. They yeah. they won't do business with Bellator or One Championship or Ryzen. So it's, no. it's, it really is just like boxing, except they're they well, have the the. the, the a plethora of the talent. It's just yeah, they, they get to pick all the yeah, they get to well, in the top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, boxing is more the top. The talent pool is more diluted, so you don't have a monopoly. That's well, the only thing. Well, what's also what's also an issue too is you had the UFC and they're monopoly, and boxers make more money. Independent, yeah, that's independent my problem, contract. That's my main problem with Dana. <laughs> the independent contractors make more money than people who are corporately established. Do you realize right now, I mean, the only time we get million-dollar or million-cell boxing pay-per-views is with Floyd and Mayweather, Floyd and Pacquiao, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Canelo typically does, you know, a little over 400 posts. The UFC always does like 800,000 to a million bucks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yet the fighters get a significantly small, a six, not even close, a significantly, no. even the top earners to the outside of McGregor get. Right. get a significant uh, reduction of the pie than what boxers get. That is crazy to me. And then they can't, I mean, we take a beating, too. I mean, I, I, yeah. I count my, you know, lucky stars that's, every day. I bless yeah. for marrying up, man. I mean, my wife, you know, will take care of me with, you know, the insurance. Because I'm, I'm retirement for a fighter. You're just broken. You can't, you just, you just got to watch people do stuff that you used to enjoy. You know, like, son Bob, of a gun. Bob, you understand more than anybody how that, like, you were through the system. You know that payment was not fair for the work you were putting in. No. Hell no. And not only for the work you were putting in, but for the money that you were earning for that company. It is what it is. It's not fair. But it's like... And Bob, 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 I have a... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I have a question after you finish. Oh, Bob, MMA, did you have to... uh, You had to pay your trainers and all of that too, right? So I, uh, I was really ignorant and, uh, you know, uh, immature in the sport uh, and very trusting. I've always been a trusting guy. Um, My first contract I signed was, and and typically 15% uh, of your your stuff was uh, going to a management. But since I had my coach, Marie Smith, and and then his manager wanted a piece of my pie, I signed a 33 and a third percent contract for 10 years. And I had no idea what I was signing. Uh, and Thank so you. I was kind of, yeah, and I was, and I was locked into it. Uh, and so to the point where my, uh, and I love him to death today, but you know, we, we didn't get along me and the manager, uh, when, when I was there and, you know, I had to like, you know, I would, I would get, if people would call me and want me specifically, if I was on a win streak, I'd get money in escrow. Uh-huh. He'd want to take a chunk of that. He'd want to take a chunk of my purse, but like, he wasn't uh-huh. even making phone calls for me. You know, like I was, uh-huh. I was running he on, he wasn't on, for you. Yeah, he wasn't even working and just taking a chunk. You know, he was he was putting his t- uh, time into uh, other fighters and stuff. So it was a really unfortunate deal. Mm-hmm. So any anybody out there, be careful what you're signing and what you're getting into, uh, because yeah, I was ignorant. But it's very very easy uh, to influence or to uh, flash mm-hmm. a carrot in front of a you know a little broke redneck kid comes out of the country. You know, come from a town with one stoplight and then go moves into the city and then they say, hey, I'm gonna pay you and send you around the world to beat people up and you get met with, uh, uh, you know, autographs and photography and, 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 and limos pick you up and like, man, I'll sign anything you want me to. You, you know what I mean? It was, yeah, it, sucks, was it was, it was, it was a chance of a lifetime, you know, and I, yeah, I wouldn't truly, you know, I wouldn't trade it, but, but I wish I would have done, you know, it, it, it's anybody in their forties wish we could have done it different, you know, wish these young Absolutely. kids would listen, you know, and pay attention to, <laughs> Where, where you could be the most brilliant 20-year-old, but you don't have the experience to go along with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's and what so, everybody needs to hear. That's what everybody yeah. needs to hear. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Ty, Ty, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. I know, uh, you know, one of our favorite guys that comes on with us, uh, we haven't had him on, but I'm going to get him on very shortly, uh, is Stevie Cunningham. He's coming back in. He uh, is fighting Frank Mir. 
Yeah. <laughs> we just talked about Frank Mir. What? So Antonio Tarver. Antonio huh? Tarver. Um, so they're fighting in Georgia, but the Georgia commission right. says, hey, if you're over 50 years old, you have to have like ten, five fights in the last two years or something like that. Antonio mm. Tarver hasn't fought since he fought Stevie Cunningham, but Stevie Cunningham is mm. like 45. So mm. Stevie Cunningham has actually taken a fight. So Stevie Cunningham versus Frank <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I meant to tell you that. Stevie yeah. Cunningham and Antonio Tarver, I don't think they got in law ever since that uh, they fought and Antonio Tarver was on the steroids. So, Do you remember right yeah, after that fight, Stevie Cunningham was on, wasn't Stevie Cunningham on this very show talking about he was going to sue Antonio Tarver? Take the uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it was right here on this very show. He said he was going to uh, bring forth litigation, so. Um, yeah. No, they have not been cool since then. But he is the one that yeah. I know of. Who knows? They, they could have amended things. I, I can't say they haven't been cool. But he's the one who's decided, you know what, I'll take this paycheck. So. Yeah. Well, 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 as I say, we're going to get an ex-pro uh, fighter. Bob can attest. When you have a problem with a guy and you can't fight him, I mean, because Steve Cunningham wants to fight Antonio Tarver. He wants to fight him. He's fighting Frank Mir. I know, and that's I don't understand. Okay. What are they fighting? Are they uh, is it boxing, half grappling? Yeah, it's a boxing uh, match. It's on that Jake Paul, uh, Ben oh, Askren. Regis, Pro- Regis, again, Regis Progray is actually uh, fighting on that card too. He's fighting a you know a fighter, a he regular boxer. But yeah, the Regis Progray is the, the regular fight on that card. The Regis Progray fight, but it's headlined by Jake Paul and um. Askren and one of the fights is so, Frank Mir. It was going to be Frank Mir versus Antonio Tarver, but now it's Frank Mir against Stevie Cunningham. So, so uh, on, right. on, on one whole boxing card, we have two amounts of, pardon my language, everybody two. out there. We got yeah. two bullshit. On one <laughs> yeah. card, we got two yeah. bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm going to be the most unpopular fight talker <laughs> ever because this is getting ridiculous. Hey, I mean, YouTube you is going to help me. hate me. <laughs> those are my hey, remember, remember, Z, remember Z, we, we were talking <laughs> fights, and, and another person, when he heard the name Ariola, got all upset and, and uh, couldn't talk for a few minutes. Oh, yeah. Remember that? How about that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just forgot what Ariola really meant. Now I got a question for the three of you. Now, I, I, I three super bad yeah. on, three on super. this particular card. I don't think anybody. Uh, I don't think any hardcore fight fans would be bad. At <laughs> we got a. Yeah. I got a question for you. Now this is a trivia question for the three uh, most uh, most uh, influential boxing host on radio, and that is. There's a current uh, champion out there, Michael Chandler. Who was the last guy to KO Michael Chandler? Oh, Pitbull. 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 Not mm, cold. That's why they say a, a, a featherweight. KO the lightweight, knocks him out. Yeah, Pitbull. Yep. And uh, Bellator 209. Yep. 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 Bellator. Easy one. Easy one. There Pitbull. you go. Information, that's an information guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, we're uh, we're just about up uh, on our hour here. Uh, I appreciate everything. Uh, Again, it's been a a fun time. It's the fastest hour I have in a week. Um, (laughs) I want to move on. I we had a chance to talk about last week's card. Last week's card. Yeah. So last week's card was great. I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of it, but man, they had three potential fight of the nights uh, last week, and and it was one guy uh, ended up getting a uh, I don't know a hammer fist uh, on the guy when he was crawling for a, a heel hook in in 4:59 of the, uh, uh, of the third round. So one second left ends up getting a KO. Uh, there, wow. So there was. There was yeah, there was I phenomenal fights. Oh. Anybody, anybody did. Yeah, I wasn't a fan going into last week's show, but if anybody wants to to go back and watch uh, fight week last week for UFC, it was it was great. Almost three mm-hmm. three potential fight of the night victories. But again, guys, such a blast. Always hanging with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Appreciate everything you do, Bob. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Z, you want to lead us out? 
Absolutely. Uh, wonderful show. Another wonderful show. I want to thank Bob. I want to thank Ty. I want to thank you, Butch, all my Fighting Words family. These shows are definitely in memory of Bob, Dr. Chris, and Coach Bell. Anybody wants to hear any Fighting Words, please do call. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Bell is watching over. It's Dr. Chris laughing. Great show. Everybody have a great week. Everyone be safe. Great. As we, uh, as we go into uh, Bob, do you have anything to say? Yeah, God bless our Fight Word family and everyone out there. Uh, take care of yourselves, guys, and, and a great show tonight. Fun, especially when we're rolling like that. And, uh, yeah, everyone have a great, blessed week. Good. All right, I want to thank everybody for coming on. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to sit down at the, my desk on uh, Saturday nights and just uh, reminisce with uh, some good friends and, and talk about some great things. Uh, I just have to have one uh announcement here um i just checked the numbers and our numbers this year have quadrupled almost what they were last year we're now at 267,000 listeners worldwide and i want to appreciate i appreciate each and every one of you listeners out there um if you ever want to call in please don't hesitate please call in um see i appreciate everything you do i you and bob um, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the women with fire, fire, police and fire services, as well as those very uh, angelic people out there giving shots and keeping us clean from COVID. Please, when you're out there, please wear your mask. Um, there is a resurgence at this point, so we don't want to lose anybody. Uh, these programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Telcap, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anapo <coughs> Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogo, Longbow Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman uh, Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Mer- Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Robert Jermaine, Windermere, Florida Police Department, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Cotloff, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Boward, Kissimmee Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department. Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Sergeant Brian Levake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Mike Malik, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be out there, and, um, you may be 10-7 at this time. Uh, sometime we're going to be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the hallow of his hands. Good night, God bless, and please have a great holidays. We'll see you in two weeks.
County Dispatch in 1999. County Dispatch in 1999. County Dispatch in 1999. All units be advised. 1999 is responded to his last emergency. May God rest his soul.